Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. I would like to thank you all for joining me this evening. Um, today is December 4th, and we will be speaking with um, fellow activist Bob Skinner. Um, tonight, I will be co-hosting with Jeremy. Jeremy, are you there? Who? Who? You had me scared, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, actually. I'm very, very good. Oh, stop. Stop. That's good. How's your mustache coming along for your Movember? It's over. Oh, it's over, isn't it? <laughs> I just realized it. <laughs> You're a dork. Oh, my. So, what's going on? Have, how you been? How's it been? A couple days? I have my full beard back. Going back to the, back to the beard because that because I hear it's hot on me. So, I'm bringing it back. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep, yep, there yep. There you go. Keep um, it hot. What? I said, keep what's hot. That's right, and keep what's and don't keep what's not, or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> no. Um, last couple of days have been great. Um, I was, I have been in a, I joined a, uh, a uh, country line dancing um, uh, group uh, team, and <laughs> and. Um, we, we had we were asked to uh um dance with the GLBT or LGBT um uh, uh one voice chorus and um so we danced two numbers and we had a great time it was just a lot of fun a lot of fun cool yeah that took it's a so lot so weird considering we just did a show on Thursday you know I know, and you kept saying, oh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. I'm like, no, 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 it's Sunday. Call back Sunday. No, 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 we're on this Sunday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to, you know, next week and all that other stuff. So Exactly. Oh, that's good. So, so who do we have on this evening? What are we talking about? This evening we're going to be speaking to a gentleman by the name of Bob Skinner. Um, and he's going to come on and share his personal story of what it was like to be um, diagnosed um, you know, back, I guess, I don't want to say not back because it hasn't been that long, um, as you can see it, but um, he's been diagnosed, I believe, I, I want to say since 2000 is what um, his bio said was when he was diagnosed. So he's going to come on and talk about, you know, his story. And, and he, he contacted me a while ago, and we've been back and forth trying to get him on. And, you know, tonight's perfect time. So Excellent. I'm excited to actually have him on when he uh, calls into the show in a little bit. But um, for anyone who may have missed last week's, or last week. Um, this Thursday, we did a special show for World AIDS Day, and I just want to remind people that uh, we did have a live uh, memorial show, but we did also, um, since we didn't get that many callers, we did um, kind of focus a lot of the talk on the importance of support groups for people with HIV. So if you missed um, Thursday's show, you can go back into the archives and check that out because it was a Absolutely. good show. There was a lot of information there. 
it was a, it was very very good, and um, and I think a lot of us got to know a little bit more about um, us too, and some of and some of our um, own memorable uh, memorables <laughs> memories <laughs> and such. So. Yeah, that's true. We did share a lot of um, you know input on on people that we have lost that we know personally to the disease and. I think it was just, it was good. It was just good to kind of remember those people that, you know, who are no longer with us, and you know, maybe yeah. we don't think about them every day. And we need to. Exactly. Every day, every day. We have to remember. So, I know. So you I know I, rem- I, and, and I got to tell you, so I'm a little punchy tonight because I am so tired from doing three shows this week, this weekend. Uh, one on Friday, two on Saturday. And then um, Mark and I went out um, to a, a, a denim leather bar called The Woodshed here in Charlotte, and uh, we had a great little time. So um, great old time. So we didn't get home and in bed by until about 2.30 this morning. So we're both kind of dragging a little bit. So if if I start snoring, just, you know, tell me to wake up gently. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, as we're, since we're waiting for um, – Bob to call into the show, I just kind of wanted to um, remind everybody that we also do have a social network that we kind of uh, run parallel with the radio show, and if you're looking for support, you can check that out and um, create a profile there and and meet other people for um, friendships and support that you need, so you can go to pauseim.com and check that out in case it's something, you know, maybe you're listening for the first time here, and um, you can go check that out and find some support that you need. That's why we do what we do. Is it? Is that? Oh, oh! I thought it was the get dates. <laughs> to get dates, yeah. yeah oh no, that's not th- that's not this site. We get in trouble for that. That's right. That owner <laughs> is real tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I do have somebody on the phone lines, and if that is uh, Bob, our guest tonight, just press the number one button, um, so I know that it's you, and I'll bring you online. Uh, because it's a blocked out number, so I don't know exactly who that is. It may be somebody who's listening as well. So. Um, let me see, what else did I want to bring up? So another thing I wanted to bring up that's really, since we're waiting for Bob to call in, is one of the things that hit the headlines this week, and kind of weird considering it was World AIDS Day on Thursday, that that school in Hershey, that Hershey High School, was it a high school? I don't remember if it's a high school or what school it is, but they basically banned a 13-year-old HIV-positive boy from attending that school. Yes, they did. And I have to tell you, that's really screwed up in 2011 that we are kind of going backwards. And, I mean, it kind of feels like Ryan White all over again. It's exactly what it feels like. And, I mean, it's exact the same situation. And um, so did you – so our good friend Daniel Bauer wrote a uh, a nice little piece about about that. Yes, I saw that. uh, yeah, and, and I have to agree. You know, it's give me a break. You know, it's this is freaking 2011, and the stigma is still so bad that um, it, it, it's it, 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 and the ignorance behind all of this that he gets he gets he gets banned from a school. Just for being HIV positive. Now, I do believe that, um, that his he and his family are suing the school. Yes. 
And what's even more disturbing is that um, uh, it looks like our research has shown, and that Daniel also wrote about this, is that um, that that school is actually owned and operated, or actually owned by Hershey Candy Company. Chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, Hershey Chocolate. So, so folks, and if you haven't had a chance to read Daniel's blog post about it. Um, get out to his website, uh, what is it, livingpositively.com, and, and read, his, read his blog. But also, you know, don't buy the Hershey chocolates for, for the holidays. I, let's, you know, kind of get a, get a little uh, boycott going. Ooh, we can yeah, do an right. Occupy There's plenty of Hershey. other chocolates. There's other chocolates that you can buy for your family members. You yeah, know, because and, Dove and is much better. That's right. And I just put the link um, to um, Daniel's blog post about this uh, incident in the chat room there. And his uh, blog is livingpositively.blogspot.com. And if you go on there, it's the very first article at the top. And, um, you know, it basically explains how he feels in the situation if you don't know about it yet. I mean, it was all over the news, world news. And I think what makes it me sick to my stomach more than anything is that it's in my own state. Well, it's not too far from you. Right. So I think that's what kind of really bugs me. Like I yeah. want to drive there and like protest. <laughs> I, you know, we should have we should all have a Occupy Hershey chocolate. Mm. What do you that's think? You're gonna start something. <laughs> Go camp out in front of their in front of their corporate headquarters. Throw Hershey bars at their windows. Exactly. <laughs> Take this. No, I won't even buy them to throw them. Um, no, absolutely not. It looks like um, our guest is on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring um, Bob Skinner on um, to tell you a little bit about Bob. It, Bob Skinner is a 61-year-old young man, and at 25, moved to San Francisco, where his life revolved around the gay lifestyle that San Francisco had to offer. He calls those three years the three D years, drugs, drinks, and disco. Um, in 2000, he had finally had his first HIV test, and it was his 50th birthday when he got the results of his test. He heard three words that would change his life forever. You have AIDS. Bob is not a normal person. He was relieved when he was told that he had six months to live. Eleven years after his diagnosis of death within six months, he is healthier and happier than ever before. Bob's life is now devoted to the cause pretty much 24-7. Please help me welcome Bob Skinner to the show. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Nice to be here. Well, it's good nice to, have to have you, Bob. Thanks, thanks. Robert, you know, you and I have met a couple of times um, at the ADAP crisis in D.C. last yep. year and then again uh-huh. in Fort Lauderdale, briefly. Right, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> it, 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 it's hard at those things, Bob, to kind of connect everybody. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And unfortunately, cool. you know, we we had to be there, and it just – you know, you're upset about what's going on in your home state of Pennsylvania, as I am with what's going on with the ADAP situation in Florida, because that's where I'm from right. originally, Fort Lauderdale. So, 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 since we're talking about you know the ADAP crisis in Florida, tell us a little bit of what what are the numbers at now? Uh, you know as of, of your head? today, as of today, uh, ten states. The numbers are down to. So 6,500. Oh. So and how I'm many still, are in your state? Here in Oregon? Or how many are in um, um, Florida? In I'm Florida? Sorry. 
Well, actually, it's gone down. I don't know the specific numbers, but, you know, the way I look at the whole issue is one on a wait list is too much. It's too many. And, you know, it just really, really saddens me and frustrates me that we even have to address an issue like this, especially here in the United States. Yeah, I agree. Actually, now I'm looking at the ADOPT Advocacy Association website right now, and right. in Florida there's 3,213 Americans waiting yeah, to get met. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is about 50% of the people on the wait list. That is crazy. I know. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, this is where, um, you know, the political part of this and the economic part of this that I try to bring up to the forefront with people, uh, as well as prevention. But I use I use the challenges that we're seeing now uh, as a tool. Like, you don't want to have to go there. You don't want to have to find out that you are infected with HIV and then not be able to access the medications that can possibly save your life, you know? So, and that kind of hits the nail on the head with a lot of the people that I speak to, especially young people. Uh, you mentioned money and you mentioned the fact that you can't get care. That kind of resonates with them, and it, it's sort of like an aha moment for a lot of them. So. Right. Very interesting. Okay, so let's kind of um, rewind a little bit and, and let's start with, um, you know, kind of when you were diagnosed, the day that you were diagnosed, I mean, we read your bio a little bit earlier, you were 50 years old. Yeah, it was my birthday, actually. Um, and it was, uh, and I know a lot of people are going to say, what an idiot for not getting tested prior to that. But it was the first time I had an HIV test, and it was basically a family intervention. It was not certainly anything that I chose to do, even though... Unknowingly, I, I had some health issues prior to my test. You know, I had night sweats, terrible night sweats, um, shingles, uh, which are the most painful condition that anybody can have. Oh, They're you've terrible. got two people here who've had them. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I had several uh, infections, uh, thrush, uh, yellow nail syndrome, uh, wasting. I had dropped down to about 95 pounds. I'm not a big person, and I my normal weight was around 125, but to lose that kind of weight. Um, terrible, terrible dental problems, uh, dental health. So, you know, I went to visit my dad and his wife, my stepmother, in North Florida, and they sort of, I guess, saw the condition I was in, and my stepmother said to my dad, you need to get him in and have him tested. They knew my lifestyle. My dad did, absolutely, and so did my stepmother. So it sort of made sense. Um, so I had the test, and two weeks later, on my birthday, they called me in with my dad, and the first thing the doctor said, you know, we have the results of your test. Do you want your father to stay here? Well, that right there is sort of a clue. This isn't going to right. be good news. And I, I sort of was, and I know this sounds strange as well, I was hoping to get an answer that this was the problem, um, only because I I had not realized how sick I was because I was a drug user and an alcoholic, and so I, I covered all of that, and I treated myself. That's how I treated myself, and I felt pretty good. Um, so anyways, with the diagnosis, the three words, you have AIDS, and 
with your numbers, you probably were inspected 10 years prior to this, which made a lot of sense to me. Um, I had uh, was in a monogamous relationship from 85 to uh, 88. And uh, 1990, uh, I I came home from a trip. I was gone for two weeks. My mother met me in the driveway, and she proceeded to tell me Rick died. Rick died. That was my partner's name. And her first response was, did he die of AIDS? That was it. No discussion. And back in those days, Robert, Jeremy, this was not something even in the gay community that was really talked about. Uh, I I was pretty uh, not wanting to know about it because I did see people dying left and right, and that was not part of my, you know, uh, agenda. And uh, even though, you know, all the information that we had back then was available, um, still just totally neglected it and didn't pay any attention to it. So that's why, you know, with my side effects, or not side effects, I'm sorry, but, um, you know, my health issues prior to my diagnosis and not knowing what was causing these and getting that answer, that was a relief. The part about only having six months to live, I didn't quite enjoy hearing that, and I'm a pretty uh, stubborn person, and I think that's what has helped me get to where I am today, healthier and uh, both in mind and body than I ever have been, and this gave me an opportunity to deal with my addictions. I've been clean and sober since that day and, you know, thrilled to death that I've been able to deal with that. And just in general, just, uh, uh, you know, my passion is trying to make a difference. My passion is trying to do what I can, and I think that's something that we all need to be responsible for and take charge of. You know, we're here. We're very lucky to still be here, but let's make sure that we do something with our time here. There's a reason why we're here, and that is, you know, to to help, um, to help those that are newly infected, to help those not to get infected. So, you know, how I ended up here in Oregon, uh, my father, my stepmother left when she heard this news, and was pretty much left under my father's care, and... uh, I felt safe. I felt okay where I was. I lost everything in this process, my home, my automobile. Of course, went in debt, uh, about $88,000 in credit card debt. Um, started on my medications and had a great response. My original diagnosis, my CD4 count was 2, and my viral load was 80,000. Not too bad, but, you know, bad enough. Uh, Four months after treatment started, my viral load was undetectable, and my CD4 count was over 400. And it's increased, you know, over the years. I'm baseline at about 700, 780 right now. So um, that's basically my story of how I found out I was, you know, living with AIDS. And, um, you know, for me, um, it saved my life. And I know that sounds strange. And for those that are newly diagnosed or think they might be positive, you know, there absolutely is hope. 
Uh, we've come such a long way, you know, with the medications that, that we have available to us. Now the problem is making sure everybody that can access those medications. That's that's where we are. Right. No, I, I totally agree with a, a lot of what you were saying. Um, you were, you, uh, we said it earlier, you were diagnosed, you know, in 2000. You were 50 years 2000. old. Before that, right? right? 2000. Uh-huh. Before that, were you familiar with HIV and AIDS? Did you have friends that you may have lost to the disease prior oh, to that? Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, like I said, it, it was all around me, and it was really, really the early days of this disease. Uh, it, it was terrible. I mean, dark, uh, uh, fearful, uh, lots of anger, lots of questions, a lot of, you know, I I... I was at ground zero with this, but I was, like many others at that time, not focused on that. I was focused on the lifestyle that I was able to live, you know, the the drugs, the drinking, um, the disco. That was my main purpose in life was to party. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it caught up with, you know, a a lot of people that I knew and I question that every once in a while. Why? Why am I still here? You know, I know there's a reason, and that reason is to try to make a difference. That's how I've, you know, come to grips with it. But, you know, my partner for many years that died in 1990, I I know now that's what he died of. Um, but there were no medications back then, and it wasn't talked about as, you know that was the norm. Let's not talk about it. It's not going to happen to us. And let me tell you, I saw people with KS. I saw people that were dealing with wasting. And I, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth. I discriminated against those people. I didn't want to be near those people. I saw them walking on the streets. I would go out of my way to avoid them because I, yeah, you know, I didn't want to think people that I knew those people. Those people, right. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> we. I mean, we're covering quite a bit here. I mean, it, we're already twenty-two after nine. I can't believe this. It's eight minutes to nine thirty to the bottom of the hour. So, um, and then what, once we get to the bottom of the hour, we'll talk about opening up the phone lines for our callers to call in and uh, ask Bob a question. So, so Bob, tell me a little bit um, about. You went from San Francisco, now you're in Oregon. What are you doing in Oregon today? What am I doing in Oregon today? Well, a lot of my time is spent. I'm the president and CEO of a small ASO here in Oregon by the name of Valley AIDS Information Network. We basically are an information and referral uh, organization. I'm also uh, the first regional board of director for HIV Alliance, which is in Eugene. It's the second largest ASO in the state of Oregon. We do case management for eight counties. Uh, We have a huge needle exchange program. We do testing, uh, support groups, and so forth. Um, I do a lot of living well with HIV programs through Stanford University. Uh, Those are seven-week workshops that we we do all over the state and uh, just give people basically the the tools that they already have uh, to live and self-manage, you know, their disease. 
um, do a lot of speaking from middle schools to the college level. Um, so I keep pretty busy, and I do have some spare time <laughs> once once in a while. Once in a while, but I, I I'm a very active person. I don't I don't like having any downtime. Uh, I never have. Uh, you know. So I, I I feel very fortunate to be able to be where I'm at. I'm, I I have everything that I need, even though I live on a very low fixed income. But so do 77 percent of you know people that are living with HIV live way below the poverty level. Um, and require assistance from federal programs. So just keeping a tune of all this and, you know, trying to bring a sense of normalcy for people that are living with this disease that, hey, you know, um, sorry about the discrimination and the stigma that is still around. Let's do what we can to stop that. You know, let people know, hey, I'm a normal person. I just happen to have, you know, a disease that there is no cure for yet, um, and you know, judge me how you want. I know what I am. Yeah. So that's what I do. Oh, I also in the summer, um, my cousin who was instrumental in me coming out here uh, has a goat farm and makes goat cheese. And I sell goat cheese during the summer at farmers markets. So I go from that. I wear many hats, like most of us do. And uh, right. I love doing that. It gives me an opportunity to talk to people. And everybody that I run into gets the, what do you do when you're not selling cheese? I work for nonprofits. What are the nonprofits? What do they do? It's, you know, HIV and AIDS. Oh, how would you get interested in that? Then they get they get it. Um, they get the information. So, <laughs> But how I ended up in Oregon, my father was ready to put me in hospice, and I heard that, and I, my cousin heard that as well, and uh, she lived out here, and she just opened up her home to me, and I came and, um, you know, uh, went to a World AIDS Day in 2000 and heard a gentleman uh, do a presentation, and I thought, uh, I can do that. I'm comfortable enough with myself. All i got to do is learn little bit more about HIV and AIDS, and uh, that's how it all started. So this World AIDS Day was sort of full circle because I was at that same university uh, doing an information booth and doing a presentation. So, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing what I've been able to do, you know, with uh, my passion. And, yeah, we all have a purpose. We all have a passion. And this is, you know, you guys have that, and... I, I, I feel so honored and privileged to be able to talk to you guys and, and be part of what you do. Oh, we're honored to have you. you. Yeah, we're honored to have you here with us. Thank because, you. you know, quite honestly, there, there looked like there is a point that you you wouldn't be here with us. No, absolutely. You know what? Yeah. And had, had I not had pretty much the intervention for my dad and my stepmom. No, I wouldn't be because I I was I was well on my way. And, you know, uh every year, you know, I just had my sixty first first birthday. Um and I am of the age of the of the kind of person I didn't even want to be around when I was young. I didn't like older men. <laughs> but I am one of those now. <laughs> um 
and 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 very uh, very pleased to be one. Um, I, I don't look at myself as getting older. Uh, I had someone tell me not too long ago, "You're not getting older. You're you're getting more distinguished." I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> more mature. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? And I think we all are so fortunate that we are dealing with this disease at this time. Because I know, um, Robert, I, I know you're young. You don't you don't know what the early days of this disease were like. They were hard. They were they were awful, um, especially in San Francisco because San Francisco. I lived there for four years, and it was the most incredible time of my life. This was pre-HIV, pre-AIDS. There were no worries. Um, you know, a, an occasional uh, venereal disease, but it, how we dealt with that to make sure that we weren't exposed. We'd go to the VD clinic on Fridays and see who was there getting their shots, and we knew those were the people to stay away from for at least two weeks. I mean that's... Sorry, I, I I don't mean to laugh, but that's very funny. It is, it is, it is. That, that's, that's very. We... You guys, you would seriously go and camp out at a VD clinic to find out who was going in. We wouldn't have to camp out on Friday afternoons. We'd just see who was there getting shots or going in there. Yeah, oh, that's seriously. very funny. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean you know we wouldn't meet these people. We just wouldn't proceed with you know, anything physical for at least two weeks. We we kept like a little chart. Yeah, it was quite a time. <laughs> oh, my God. I have, a, I have a question coming here out of the chat room for you, Bob. Uh, Daniel Bauer, uh, we were actually talking about him and his blog, uh, Positive, Living Positively, um, a little bit ago. His question is, um, he'd like to know, um, let me see here. I feel like people, he says, in your age bracket um, think they are not at risk for HIV and that it doesn't matter if they catch it because of medications today. What would you say to people in, in you know, in, in people around your age who, you know, what would you say to them to make them use condoms and explain to them why it's so important? Because a lot of people don't think, you know, once they're at a certain age, like they, they think they can't get it anymore or it's not something that, you know, is around. Well, you know, first of all, um, Put aside the age group; it really doesn't matter because we're we're seeing a lot of that complacency, complacency, you know, especially with young people. And it, this is what is so uh, it's scary almost because they don't know. And I would do I would tell the same thing to people in my generation, you know, especially if they've been yeah, you know, in in any type of physical relationship, um, regardless of what your age. Yeah, you're still at risk if you do X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't matter. HIV does not discriminate. It does not discriminate with age, uh, your gender, your sexual orientation, your religion. It it does not care. It doesn't matter. And unfortunately, you know, we're seeing more and more people be complacent. You know, when was the last time besides World AIDS Day that you heard anything on the news about HIV and AIDS? You know, you really don't anymore. And we need to, as messengers, and I think that's what we all are, we need to put this back out up onto the front burner again. Even though, you know, yeah, there's great medications, and your chances of living, you know, your life expectancy is normal as 
or as long as someone without HIV, it's still a challenge. It's still something that is preventable. And if you can prevent something, why put yourself at risk of getting it? I agree. So I just wish um, people would listen. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what? And, and, and it takes it, it. Like I said, we are the messengers. We're very, very fortunate to be here and do what we do. However, we do it. Whether it's and I'll tell you, Robert, what you're doing as a cyber activist, and I love that. That's 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 the new wave of 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 making a difference um, and have people comfortable with the topic. We that's what we've got to do, especially people that are, you know, infected with this. Um and people that don't know that they're positive. This is what is is, is a big challenge and something that's sort of uh I don't know, I, I'm concerned about the fact that twenty five percent of the people that are HIV positive don't know their status and they are responsible for seventy five percent of new infections. So how do we deal with that? Yeah. We, you know, that, keep, that, we have to keep telling people to get tested. Like we, uh, like people have to stop being afraid to get tested. It's just so much smarter to go and find out your status and then deal with the situation. But not absolutely. not knowing, you know what I mean, and acting out and not knowing is what is infecting more people. So um, well, I think as long as there's people like you, me, and Jeremy who are going out there and and spreading some sort of a message, hopefully by time these kids will get it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. hopefully, hopefully before it's too late. Yeah, I agree. No, uh, one of the I, things I, about that I thought was really commendable for your story is you were diagnosed in 2000 and you have been clean ever since. Absolutely. What did, Absolutely. What did, like recovery is something that a lot of you know people who are HIV positive um, you know have dealt with in the past, and a lot of right. people deal with recovery. How did you right. go about getting clean? I just did it. I just did it. I did it all at once. Plus, I was a three-pack-a-day smoker. Um, I just woke up one day and realized, my God, I haven't had a cigarette. I haven't had any recreational drugs. I haven't anything. I haven't had anything to drink. Um, wow, maybe this is the start of of my dealing with these addictions. And it was. And I figured, you know what? If I can do this, you know, at this point of my life. Here I was just given some really horrific news. What would be the first thing you would normally go for? A drink. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have, first of all, I was in an area where I didn't have access to this, so that was that was a good thing. But it just all sort of played out. Um, and I'll tell you, I was really good at doing all of that. Uh, yeah, I could drink a big guy under the table. I, I had access to all kinds of you know, good drugs. Um, and I had the money to do that. So, you know, it, it, it was a blessing for me. Um, could I have done it any other way? I don't think so. I probably wouldn't have wanted to. But I'm I'm really, really proud of myself, and I, I don't miss any of that at all. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have a partner that is very supportive that has been down the same road as me, and he does the same type of work that I do. So we're sort of a, a force to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, it, it's really incredible. This was what I've always been searching for. And I had to wait till I was, <clears throat> you know, a little bit more responsible, I guess. 
Um, and this, you know, dealing with this disease and getting this disease has has made a huge difference for me, for the positive, no pun intended. And I don't mean, <laughs> and I don't mean to put light on this. And if people are dealing with addictions, I don't recommend you go out and you know become infected with HIV to deal with it. There are a lot better ways. But for me, this is how it worked, and you know. We all have it really opened up your your eyes to like reality and what was around oh, you and what was absolutely. important. Absolutely, you know, my reality was, you know, um, certainly tainted by dealing. You know, this is how I dealt with reality: my drugs and my drinking. It was perfect. I wasn't running away from anything. It just made me feel really good. And then, you know, going out and partying—that was so important to me. Um, you know. And I, I'm in a place. I, I, I have. I am with somebody that I've always been looking for. We've been together for ten years now, and that's huge. And we've even taken advantage of the domestic partnership deal here in Oregon. So we, we have a certificate. We have a ceremony and all that. And uh, yeah, we're 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 here for the long run. Congrats to that. Wow. Thanks. So so I just wanted to quickly um, let our callers know that we are opening up our lines. The right. phone number to call is 347-215-9442, or you can simply, um, uh, simply put in a, uh, a question. Or, uh, yes, 347-215-9442, and please don't forget to press the one key. Uh, then you will be placed in the host queue and we'll be able to bring you in. Um, and if you, or if you are not comfortable with going online or, I mean, coming on air, you can also ask questions through the chat room or Twitter or, um, uh, our pause. I am site. So, so Bob, you, you mentioned that you are now seeing, you, you've got a partner now, right? Okay. How long have you guys been together? 10 years. So you guys met when you, a year uh, after act- your diet. A, a year after yes. your diagnosis. Yes. Actually, the year after I, I arrived here and got involved with this organization that I'm now president of, they got a notice, that which we have every year, an HIV-positive retreat. It's called Strength for the Journey. It's in this beautiful, beautiful location in the mountains on this incredible lake. And I had I took advantage of it because I had not been around, you know, anybody uh that was HIV positive after my diagnosis. You know, surely I was around a lot of people that were, but never talked about. So I took this as an no, opportunity. No, no, Bob, Bob, you were around a lot of people, and please don't call me Shirley. Sorry, I had to. Oh, I won't. I, I'm I had to sorry, do it. Jane. Not a problem. I, I had to do it. Hey, I don't I'm get old. It. I have, I have meant, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Robert, it's I from a movie called, it, yeah, geez. It's from airplane, isn't that right? It is from airplane, yes. It yes. is. Really <laughs> yes. yeah. Surely you must be joking. I'm not joking, and please don't call I'm me not, Shirley. Please don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, anyways, where were we? See? See, is, see? see what I did to you? See what you did to me? Absolutely. Take advantage of my mental incapacities here. Um, let's take oh, advantage. Oh, I will. Let's take Do you remember where you are? Do I remember where I was? Um, were we talking about how I met my partner? 
Yeah, you met your partner, yeah. and you've been around a lot of people, and so sorry. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah, derailed yeah, yeah, yeah. us. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so this retreat that I went to, um, Daniel was there, uh, and we just sort of, in passing, said hello. Then a couple of months after that, I guess I was on Gay.com or something, I don't know, and he sort of I am me, and the rest is history. He lived in Portland. I lived here in Corvallis, and I thought, oh, great. Here's my chance to live in Portland. It's big city, and I love big cities. Um, so he came down here, and he liked it here. So um, the rest is history. You know, we, we we have a great life together, and we support each other, and uh, you know, it's it's wonderful. Um, can't no complaints. Yeah. I have yeah. Um, a comment from the chat room from Janine, and she says, uh, "Please tell Bob I said thank you for his voice." And then Michael Howard has a question. He says, there seems to be so much activism on the East Coast. But what do you think that can be done to make it, you know, have more activism on the West Coast? He's actually, I believe, in Portland, too, I think. So um, in other words, he's saying, what, what do you think you can do to bring more activism to um, the West Coast? Because it seems to be, I guess, be lacking except for in San Francisco. Well, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Let me tell you about the West Coast. Um, the majority of it, especially Oregon, uh, it's sort of what we we look at as far as um, numbers and so forth. A rural area. There's just a, you know, you've got Portland, you've got Eugene, and there's a lot in between. But there's not, I don't know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of services. And even though the majority of our people living with HIV and AIDS are in the Portland area and in the Eugene area. Um, statistically, there are about only 5,600 people uh, knowingly diagnosed with HIV in the state. That's not a lot. So as far as the activism, um, yeah, it absolutely can be improved. Uh, people like myself that do have a voice and are not afraid to use it. We have to continue being vocal and and making sure people listen to us. And if they don't listen to us, continue with it. Just don't give up. We cannot give up. We still have a lot of work to do. Period. And that's why we're here. Um, so don't ever question. Don't ever ask yourself why am I still here. Don't ever do that. So. We're here for a reason. We are, we here, are here for, for a reason. You know what? And I heard something you said in your uh, World AIDS Day commentary um, that really resonated with me. And you said, you will continue, Robert, you said this. I wrote it down here somewhere. Um, you will continue, I think it's something along, you will continue doing this as, as long as you can. Something along that line. Um you know, they, I think you were stating you were a little nervous about doing a presentation at the university. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I can so relate to that. And don't ever be – always speak from the heart. You don't need to have notes. You don't have to do overlays. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Make it come from your heart. That's what, that's what will get people, and that's what, what people will remember. You're passionate. You share that. People will listen to it. There, there's my well, speech. I appreciate, <laughs> well, I appreciate 
appreciate yeah. that. Again, I want to remind people that they can uh, call into the show at 347-215-9442 and please press the number one so we know you want to come on air and you are not just listening. Because we have a few people on hold, but I think they're just listening. So um, I just okay. want to remind them to press the one. We're down to the last 15 minutes, so I do want to you remind you to call that. in. Wow. Right? Blue by. Um, Bob, one of the other things that I think that you spoke about earlier in the show that is really relatable to a lot of people who, um, you know, are, are diagnosed later that when they were negative, they didn't want to really be bothered with people that were positive or be associated. And I think that's so true. You know what I mean? Like, it re- like people, I, I don't think I, when I was negative, would have thought twice about dating somebody who was positive. But now that I'm educated, you know what I mean? Like, it allows me to make a different thing. So I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to when you said that. Well, you know what, and it, and you, you just hit the nail on the head right there, educate. You weren't educated. I wasn't educated. And I'll tell you, had I studied as much, or actually it's not studied, but just I, I cannot get enough information about this disease. Um, you know, I am a an information junkie. I, I have an office that has got piles and piles of magazines, Every time I see something online uh, that I think of, of interest, I copy it. I have a to-read file. And, I mean, I think it's very important to share, you know, our knowledge with people. That's how we can make a difference. When we didn't know anything about it, but we knew people were dying from it, I know on my the way I looked at it, I didn't want to be bothered with it. That wasn't me. Well, it is me. It is me now, and it's, you know, I I did not use protection. Um, I can honestly tell you, until I was diagnosed, I never, ever used a condom. How stupid was that? Not that I didn't have the ability to get them. They were being passed out in the bars all the time. But I, I didn't want to use them. I didn't need to use them. Um, so, you know, shame on me. And anybody that doesn't take advantage of the knowledge that we have now... Um, you know, shame on them. So. Yeah, I think we all carry that. Oh, it'll never happen to me. That happens to other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when it did, you know, um, I never went through that phase of, oh, poor me, poor me, throw myself on the floor, my life is over, no one will love me, uh, my friends will never speak to me. I never went through that. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm still to this day... All my family, all my friends are so supportive and so proud of me for the accomplishments that I've made and and how my life has just changed, changed for the better. Um, yeah. So. Funny, HIV every, can do that to you. Well, you know what? And everybody's different. It's not a one-size-fits-all. We know that. So even with the medications, I have never, ever had a side effect from any of the medications. And I know you guys have been talking about, I, I've listened to some archives uh, of, of some of the uh, the interviews. Sestiva, Sestiva, my favorite drug of all time. And let me tell you my story about Sestiva real quick. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I, I was one of the fortunate ones that didn't have the horrific nightmares and feelings of suicide and just wanting to kill people. No, my dreams were just the opposite. They were very, very, very uh, erotic. Um, and 
Seriously. I talked to my doctor about that. I thought, my God, am I really a, a pervert? Because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on death's doorstep and I'm having these dreams. And he goes, no, that's a side effect of the cystiva. Thank you. Well, people then, once I found that out, I started going to bed very early at night. I'd shower, I'd shave, I'd put product in my hair and take my sustiva and go lay in bed and wait for my date. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, you know, 11 years later, you know, uh, after a while, some of these side effects, as you well know, sort of decreased. Um, I've been on Aptripla. I just changed that. My doctor and I decided because of my sleep issues, insomnia, of course, um, we decided to get me off the Sestive to see if that helps. So I'm now on Icentris and Truvada. Um, but That's I've never had a... Pardon? That's the same um, regimen I'm on. Well, you know what? It's, it's now sort of like uh, the number one regimen that doctors are prescribing. So, you know, why not? Um, of course, only you don't, have, you don't have any side effects from that. Not at all. Not at all. No. Wow, you're you know, I just have insomnia. Well, I've had that, but you know what? I, I look back. I was I was expelled from nursery school because I wouldn't sleep. So <laughs> sleeping is <laughs> seriously sleeping's always been somewhat of an issue for me. And now that I want to get more sleep, more than at least four or five hours a night, you know, and I can't, it's very frustrating. So, you know, I, I take Ambien, um, melatonin, uh, a natural sleeping aid. I read this in pause last year. Uh, hot milk and honey and a banana before you go to sleep, you know. Um, so Hot milk, that, honey, and a banana? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, it's it's a nice snack before you go to sleep. That'll definitely kickstart your erotica dreams. It does. Yeah, okay. all about peeling your hair <laughs> yeah. down to its face. <laughs> um, I don't need to. I don't need to dream about that anymore because I have that laying right next next to me every night. So that is awesome for you. For yeah, you. I, you know what? Uh, this is what I've always wanted. This is what I was always looking for. It's always, you know, um, my 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 history with long term relationships. If I could remember the person's first name the next morning, that was a long term relationship. Um, you know, again, just so so crazy in those days. Uh, right. There's not many of us around, unfortunately. I know all my friends from living in San Francisco, they're gone. A uh, great many of my dear friends you know, living in Fort Lauderdale, they're gone. Um, you know, every time I go back and go out, it's like, geez, I don't recognize anybody. Um, right. And the ones I do, I look at them and say, my God, you've gotten old. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh lordy! Uh, one of the things that was in your bio that I don't think that you spoke about was the the positive self management program that you run. Right. Actually, I don't run it. I uh, it, this is a program. Uh, it's out of Stanford University, and it, it's through their uh, chronic disease self management program. And there are different parts of it. They have an arthritis uh, self management. Um, uh, uh, what else do they have? A couple of other programs. But they developed this positive self-management. It's called Living Well with HIV. And uh, my case manager a couple of years ago asked me if I would be interested in doing this. Uh, I said, yeah, absolutely, anything for the cause. 
So um, I've been to Stanford University twice. I have two certificates from them, as I am uh, what they call a master trainer. I can train people to facilitate this program. It's their seven-week programs, um, two and a half hours each, and we go over such topics as um, uh, medication management, Managing fatigue, problem solving, using your mind to help with symptoms, healthy eating, uh, evaluating your just all the tools that are necessary for someone dealing with HIV that they need just to kind of live as normal of, of, of a life as possible. We talk about disclosure, sex and intimacy, um, and it's just an incredible opportunity to, to do this. And it's, I'm contracted through the state uh, to do to do these programs, and I have another facilitator. I'm a co-facilitator. And, uh, yeah, we go all over to do these. We did six of them this year um, from Salem to Medford, which is on the border. So it's a wonderful opportunity. And I even got awarded this year Outstanding Practice Award for the Oregon Living Well Program, uh, which is kind of an honor to get. Uh, yeah, that is awesome. Congratulations. Have you ever been to the Positive Living Conference? No, I haven't, and I would love to be able to do, to go to that. Yeah, um, you should check it out. It's every March. I think uh, Jeremy and I are going to try to put a presentation together. Um, I think really? We, we kind of talked about it offline. Um, to go down there, um, I went there and did um, you know a workshop there last year, and, and they want me to come back. So this year, you know, Jeremy and I are going to tag team up in and and try to do something, you know, different than what I did last year. But I think that kind of program that you were just talking about that you you do, I think that would be, like, a great asset for that conference because that is the only conference that I know of that has, like, 95% of the people who are attending it are actually HIV positive. Right, exactly. That's what this is for. Um, You know, and and what is really amazing about this program is, is the dynamics, the people that attend. It's not all gay men. We have women. We have young children. We we have families. We had I did a workshop in uh, uh, where was it uh, Newport, uh, Lincoln City actually, which is on the coast. We had a family, four the mother, the father, and two children. They were all HIV positive. They came and uh, it, it just made made such a difference to them that they were be they were able to meet other people dealing with the same thing and share their eyes. It's a very interactive program. We do brainstorming. How does everybody deal with this? And I mean, it is such an awesome opportunity to learn and share. Uh, and you can go online and find out all about this. Just uh, do a Google Living Well with HIV Stanford University, and all this information will pop up. Um, Unfortunately, I did some research. There are no master trainers that do this in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, And, you know, this is something that anybody can become certified if they are, are, you know, qualified to do these programs if they take it through someone like myself who is a master trainer. Um, But, yeah, going to Stanford University, you know, I don't know if you know much about Stanford, but some of the greatest minds in this country have come out of there. You get close to that campus and you feel smart, um, regardless of whether you are or not. So having this opportunity to do this and bringing it back to the people is huge. 
Uh, but this Living Well Conference you were talking about, isn't that in Florida? Yes, it's the pos- yes, it's in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It's in the Panhandle, oh, and it's in March. Right, right. Yeah, I, I read a little bit about that, and I, I would love to be able to either go or participate in, in some way because it is exact. You know, this is what we all have to do. We are living, but there are different challenges than we would normally have without HIV, and we learn from each other. That's why we're here as well, um, to help each other. We're all in this together. Let's do it together. Why not? You know? That's right. And um, for people who are interested, and for you, Bob, um, the website to find information about that um, conference is AIDSOasis.org. So if you go okay. to there, um, and I'll right. post it on the POSAM Facebook page, but you can yeah. go there and check yeah. it out. People can go. Um, it's, it's a great conference, and I recommend it. But um, Yeah, for yeah, sure. Back to you. But you should definitely send in an abstract to Butch. Butch McKay is the guy who runs. Um, right. I, I have met, I, I've amazing. met Butch. I've met, but I've met Butch at the ADAP conference in D.C., I think. Um, isn't he from Tennessee? Um, he is in Florida. He may oh, originally have been from Tennessee, but okay. he lives in Florida now. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I, I, I would love to, you know, to be part of that somehow, it's not the participant um, as, you know, an attendee. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We also, so, you know, I'm on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I also, both Daniel and I, Daniel's my partner, we are uh, staff members for this retreat that we met at, met at called Strength for the Journey. And I do, uh, I do a little brief uh, living well program, you know, to some of the campers there that, that want to participate. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to share. And that's, again, I can't emphasize. Uh, we learn from each other, and, you know, we congratulate each other for what we do, and we all do, you know, we would love to see the end of this disease. Uh, and I kind of think that, I don't know, I'm an optimist. Maybe we will in our lifetime. Um, but let's I be part so. of that. Yeah, you know what, there's been more. There's been more talk uh, recently about a vaccine and a cure than we've ever heard before. Um, and why can't we do that? You know, what's holding us? What's holding us from getting to that point? You know, the knowledge that we have is incredible. Um, I think it's, you know, financial or whatever. Let's take care of that. Uh, so, anyways. I totally agree. Well, we have, believe it or not, we're down to like the last two minutes, so... Wow! And I kind of just flew by. Well, you know, I time flies when you're having a good time. No, I totally agree. It was definitely um, a lot of information, a lot of good stuff for people to hear. So, um, I think it's great, and I can't wait to see you again. And I'm sure I'll see you at the ADAP conference or the the positive living one. But definitely well, an inspiration, so. Bob. And and you know what, Robert and Jeremy, thank you so much for for asking me to be part of this. I know I've sort of been uh, a pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you know. I, I You're just, only a pain in the butt the first time. <laughs> after after the I first told, time, you get kind of used to it. <laughs> I, I, told you I, would, I told you I would be gentle. Um, you know? <laughs> just kiss me on the cheek and tell me you love yeah, me. That's all I yeah, need. Right. Hold, hold me and cuddle. <laughs> okay. I, I, oh my! So we are actually down to the last thirty seconds, Bob. So people can find you where on Facebook. 
Yes, absolutely. Yep. If they want to connect with you on there? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, just look for me on, pay, on Facebook or go to valleyaidsinfo.org. That's our website for the organization that I'm president and CEO of. You can contact me through that as well. You too, there you, you go. guys. All right, Bob, thank you so much for joining us, and have a great night. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks. And I just want to remind people, um, the show is over, so you can find more information on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com, more information on myself at PositiveIM.com. We'll be here next Sunday. Jeremy, have a great night. You too. And we're banging this one out. (laughs) Banging it, and it didn't hurt just by being a pain in the butt. (laughs) No, it didn't. Have a good night, man. Bye. Bye. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. Thank you for tuning in. You can find more information on our hosts, our guests, and upcoming and past shows at pausim.com. Thank you.